everybody. Welcome to RPG Cast, episode 386 for the week of May 28, 2016. I'm your host, Chris Privetier, here with another podcast for you. Hello, everybody. Hello. Hello. Uh, joining me today, um, my burpy wife, Anna Marie Privetier. I am burpy. She had oranges. Yep. Actually, talk some more for me, Anna. Let me give you a level check. Live level check. Live level check. I'm talking into my microphone and hopefully it's okay yeah keep uh keep keep doing that because you're a bit quiet um do i need to maybe get closer to my microphone there we go now we got anna marie yay um joining me on my lap is my cat simon hi simon he's a black cat but he's not unlucky he's the lucky show cat he well he did have to get his head sliced open well yeah there was a cyst that's kind of unlucky um, also assisting us this week, uh, yeah. our British British friends, um, Alex Fuller. It, the problem with not moving is I have to do so to press the mute button. Yeah, well, just do your best. Who's Alex is fighting um, what seems to maybe be a defective headset. <laughs> and then also, also, also joining us is uh, Alice Wilkinson. Wow, I got less billing on this show than your cat. Well, so did Alex. Yeah, but you know he was too polite to complain. I always about introduce. It. I always introduce people in the room first. I can start no, by introducing. I could do them all last if you'd prefer. I also uh, no, introduce twice. Yeah. By being last, at least you get the also starving bit. Oh, I suppose. I'm the least important, and you get the and. Which goes to the important. Yeah, thing. but if you've watched Police Squad, you know that they what normally happens there is they dive out of a car and then die and then don't appear in the episode. Well, either that or you're the killer. Oh yeah. Where does uh, OJ fit in on this? Uh, was OJ in Police Squad? I can't remember. Uh, he was in the Naked Gun movies. <laughs> he was, wasn't he? Was he? Yes. Oh, he was. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There was some story about him lately. Or was it him? Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. I think when he gets out of jail, he wants to date somebody, and it was creepy. Anna. Oh. What? There's a kitty cat. Uh-huh. He's looking yeah, he at is. the wall. I thought he was looking at you, but Stop really he's just trying to... abusing the cat. Okay. Hold on. Let me put him on my head. All right. What's... Ow. That's a claw. All right, so moving you deserved on. deserved that. Ow. What have, Alice, what have you been playing? Uh, you want the list? Yeah. So uh, I have three heavy hitters this week because I've been away. Pow, 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 pow. Three weeks. Three weeks? Yep. Two weeks? Three weeks. Three weeks. Three. Weeks. three. Um, so the three big ones that I have on my, uh, my, my plate, these sort of last near month are... Overwatch, which only came out what this week. Yep. Um, I have somewhat, perhaps somewhat surprisingly, been playing Destiny. What? And okay. uh, Stellaris. Yay! Uh, wow, Someone's playing Stellaris finally. Wasn't? What, I mean, wasn't Jonathan everyone? playing it the whole time? I he played he a he little. He over- played a little bit of Stellaris last week. Yes. Okay. I played a little bit. See, there you oh, go. You? Alex has played it, too. So everybody except me now. <laughs> yeah, you need to go with the times, Chris. I have it. 
Oh, do you? Yes. You need, to, you need to get started then. Do we? Is multiplayer a thing we should mess with in that, or is it better to just do our own stories? Um, well, we could play multiplayer. At least now that they're starting to fix a couple of the uh, couple of the bugs that came with it. But yeah, well, you we sound so that. excited about that. Well, it's a paradox game at release. They they tend it. to be a bit buggy. A little bit. All right. Hey, probably more content here than um. Oh, what was the burn I was going to make? Uh, Vanilla Civilization Five. Ouch. What was wrong with Civ Five? Uh, compare it to Brave New World. Oh yeah. I haven't yeah, played Brave New World. Although thinking about it, Con uh, Crusader Kings Two was kind of I don't know. I wouldn't say lacking on release, but. You oh, are, Simon, uh, get your butt out of my face. Sorry. You, you were fairly uh, limited in the number of uh, kingdoms you could play in, Crusa in Vanilla Crusader Kings 2. Okay. So. I, oh, I, sorry. I'll have to take just, your word for it. Just sorting that model kit out. Yeah. Alice started the um, show doing a model kit, so she's been... Well, I've been building the stand. The model kit I built like two or three years ago. <laughs> Oh, so you getting real I just on top it. of that? Yeah, no, I just got it, got it. Well, I bought the stands while I was in Japan. All right, and that was fairly recent. Yes, we remember. Um, <laughs> yeah, I go on about it sometimes. <laughs> um, so I mean, do we want to start on Overwatch? Do we want to start on Stellaris? Do you want to start on what manner I of want, madness? I want. I want to hear about Stellaris. So, for those unaware, Stellaris is Paradox's uh, latest entry in their series of grand strategy games that is entirely set in space. And basically, Paradox may, may be familiar to some people as the people who made uh, Crusader Kings, which is why I brought that up. Uh, but they also did Europa Universalis, the Victoria series, the Hearts of Iron series. Yeah, they, they, they're sort of fairly well, fairly well established in the, uh, the sort of grand strategy genre so they thought why not let's do a sci-fi one and that's how we ended up where we are make space great again yeah make space great again <laughs> uh, yeah if you watched all their live streams they're actually wearing make space great again hats excellent yeah, yeah so in the live streams um the developers created a race of um uh extremely repugnant uh fungus creatures who did, all they really wanted in the world was friends. They just, <laughs> they just, they just desperately wanted friends. Um, so the way Solaris works is rather than pick from a sort of pre-selected um, like sort of list of space empires like you do in some other Space 4X games like, say, Endless Space or Star Drive or, I know, pick your poison on that one. Um, you create your own, uh, your own race of creatures... Um, you give them a, some traits, so some bonuses, some, some disadvantages maybe, uh, and then you kind of create a, a governing ethos of your people for, on a, a sort of wheel of, um, like a kind of wheel selection. So you've got things like uh, you get three points total, and then you can pick either uh, to be a fanatic in something, which, get, which takes two points, or uh, just sort of normal which is one point 
and there are sort of opposing values and that you can't take based on what you pick so as an they example can't both be warlike and a pacifist yes so you can pick uh say pacifism but then you can't pick militarist and you or you can pick materialist but then you can't pick spiritual and they give various percentage bonuses to your to your uh the people in your empire uh and you also then pick a government type which is defined by your ethos so if you're not a militarist empire then you're not going to be creating a like a military dictatorship or a, a military republic or something uh, and uh, yeah so you, you create your flag and you go into space and you make space great again where you will then encounter numerous other randomly generated space empires and uh, yeah that's where that goes from there well Okay, then. That was actually succinctly discussed. All right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I've, I've gotten I've gotten fairly far into one of my games. Yeah. Uh, I will post a link of the galaxy map in my chat, in the Skype Ooh. chat, just for the benefits. Um, you may open this. Um, so um that is actually a, um so stellaris launched with uh modding capabilities um i am playing with a, a single mod there which basically just changes the um the map generation size um at the moment the vanilla the the largest map you can generate in vanilla is 1000 star systems uh that is me playing a 2000 star system map which is why it looks a bit busy it is slightly busy yeah so why why such is, a big map? Are you finding that to be necessary to enjoy the game for some reason? No, I just wanted to play on a large map with uh, lots of either you know sort of lots of uh, other AI empires and also lots of colonizable space, so that I could basically create a big empire and not like take over half the galaxy doing it. Which one so you? in 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 that image, even though it may look like a lot, I'm actually only controlling about. Mm, 10, 15% of the galaxy, though. I mean, okay, that's still Wh quite a lot. Which one of here is you? Uh, the Eight Cloud Council. Eight Cloud Council. Right. Oh, okay. Wow, you do yeah. have a lot. So, But that's after, I think, 500 in-game years or something. So that's this is end-game. This is at the end of the tech tree. Um, well, I say tech tree. Stellaris doesn't really... Does, kind of, sort of has a tech tree, but doesn't at the same time. Um, more has a tech splat a text yeah. splat so in stellaris instead of um when you pick your there are three uh research areas so there's like sort of social areas there's engineering and there's physics i think that's how that works yeah um and every time you finish researching a technology and also at the start of the game uh you instead get to pick from three technologies and then when you finish researching one of those technologies, it generates another three technologies for you to choose from. Um, some of the technologies are weighted towards certain ethos, uh, towards certain um, uh, scientist specializations. So the scientists level up, they gain traits and things like that. Um, if for, uh, as one example, um, while materialists get a research speed bonus, uh, spiritualists who ordinarily only get a um a flat happiness bonus um are much more likely to uncover uh psionic theory on the tech tree when um the like the tech rolls come up 
as an example. Okay. Um, you can now, if you're playing, say for example, if you're playing a materialist empire, it mm -hmm. is possible to um, it is possible to get the psionic tech, uh, but you require a scientist who specializes in psionic technology, which in itself is quite rare. Oh yeah. So How do you get scientists? Are, uh, scientists are basically recruited in a similar fashion, in that. Um, when you click the recruit button, there are three scientists who are randomly generated, and you can recruit one, two, or all three of them. Can't you and just then keep pressing the button in. until you get one with science? There is. Oh the, yeah, they cost. They cost diplomacy points. Ah, okay. yeah, they cost. There are costs involved with that. Right. So, I think diplomacy points are one of the slower ones to get as well. So, yeah. So. Um, the other thing about the tech tree is um, when you've run out of unique technologies, so things that are explicitly defined as technologies that unlock, say, new ship classes or whatever, um, there is basically an infinite uh, number of repeatable technologies similar to the repeatable technologies in Civilization and Alpha Centauri. So if I remember in Alpha Centauri, there was a technology called Transcendent Thought that every time you completed researching it, it basically just added to your game score. In <laughs> Solaris, okay. each time you, these um, repeating technologies do simple things like uh, five give you like small 5% bonuses on certain things. Like uh, one of the things I've got going there is I have researched at least 10 levels of the things that the technology that expands my border range. Oh, nice. So, so it just automatically grows and grows and grows. Yeah. So um, instead of it just being its normal value with this technology, I get the normal value plus another 50 percent for the number of times that I've researched this repeating technology. And there's either, you know, there's other things like the um, like weapon damage percentages, uh, hull percentages, shield percentages, all that kind of thing to fill up what you would be doing with your research time when you don't have unique technologies to I research. That, yeah, that explains some of your borders. Yeah, yeah, some of my borders <laughs> are a little bit ridiculous. So, but that's what happens. Uh, that's what happens at the end game. Um, Stellaris does have some weaknesses at the moment. How do you um, win? So there, at the moment, there are only two victory conditions. Okay. Uh, the first one is control 40% of the galaxy, which is quite a lot. Um, Especially considering and, how huge yours is. Yeah. And the other one is uh, either have uh, is destroy every other empire or have them as a protectorate or vassal. So you've you know probably beaten them in a war or something. I think it also counts allies if you happen to be in an alliance as well. So if, if, if the only thing remaining on the map is you, your, your ally buddies, and your vassals, then you win. Because there's nobody left to oppose you. <laughs> I, I have a couple questions about your game so far. Go on. Have you had the robot uprising? <gasps> no, I had, one of the, I had one of the different crises. So the, the AIs can take over? Yeah, so you can, you can build robot populations. Do the, do yeah. the Reapers come at some point? That's one of the other ones. Oh, really? So they're just they're, totally they're ripping off moment, Mass Effect here. There and, are three at the moment in order to challenge Endgame Empire, like you know, sort of empires in the Endgame, so that you don't snowball too hard. Um, there are the Fallen Empires, which are 
basically remnant empires that previously uh, used to dominate the galaxy and for whatever reason now only control a small number of star systems. Um, they don't like dealing with anyone. They have a natural, a dismissive attitude towards diplomacy. Um, and they also have very specific things that set them off, uh, depending on their ethics. Um, so the fallen empires are empires right at the top of the tech tree. But if you don't disturb them, they will leave you alone. Unless you particularly want the space that they have, uh, in which case, by all means, go to war with them. But they will stomp you hard unless you are of equivalent power. That's right, yeah. kind of what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, That's demonstrated in Paradox's multiplayer game. <laughs> yes, they they annoyed a fallen empire and, and they got stomped for it. <laughs> Ouch. Um, in this game, actually, I have actually taken out one of the fallen empires because I really wanted their ring worlds. Um, and that Why? was still a fairly co- that was still a fairly costly war. Why did you want them so badly? Because ring worlds. Are cool. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because they're uh, cool. By ring, by ring world here, I'm referring to um, like Niven esque ring worlds that span entire like that they look like they span like an entire system, not halos. They're a bit small. Think halo, but much bigger in terms of how awesome they are. Um, then there are also three specific endgame crises, that one of which will, I think, always happen in every game. Uh, the first one is an extra an extra galactic invasion by weird bug things, so it's more Tyranids than Mass Effect. Um, the other one, uh, the other invasion type one is, um, uh, it is possible to spawn a race called uh, the Unbidden, um, who, if you accidentally tear a hole in reality by researching dangerous jump drive technology, um, <laughs> they will te- tear a hole into your reality and they will start eating things. Because they're basically energy beings that feast on organic matter. Oh, delightful. Um, that was the one that spawned in my game. Uh, they're not actually in that map because they've already been defeated. Uh, how um, do you keep them from just ripping a new hole? Uh, once you defeat them once, they're not programmed to spawn again, thankfully. Mm. I think they, they get the kind of idea that they don't want to feast in your galaxy because you'll come along and kill them. Um, and then the last one is if you treat your AI populations uh, badly, um, I think that increases the chance of it happening. Uh, but yes, it is possible for the AI, for, for robot uh, synthetic and uh, droid populations to revolt and become a general, like, machine consciousness empire, which then can start subverting robot populations in other empires in the galaxy. Oh, that's until, awesome. Until they basically start... And then they, they turn into an AI empire. Um, the thing is, is you can't reason with them, and you can't, uh, you can't diplomacy with them either. If they spawn, then they're going to try and kill you. Um... There is a unique event chain in under that sequence of events where if you uh, have a very low number of synthetic uh, synthetic populations, um, it is possible to get an event chain where your empire enshrines uh, synthetic rights like as equal to your population's rights, and then your AIs will not turn during the AI rebellion. Everybody cool. else as well, probably, but yours won't. So your Remember, people are treat safe. Treat robots nice. 
yeah, treat the robots nice. Now, at the moment, uh, only one of those crises can happen per game. So once you've had one happen, then the others won't happen. Um, and some of them can be accelerated by researching technologies which are marked in red on the uh, whenever they come up. Got it's it. Like, hey, this are, may make clear. something very bad happen. Always research red technologies. Understood. <laughs> yeah. Now the thing about the red technologies is they are designed to be powerful technologies. They're designed to be appealing. They're, yes, they're designed to be like I think this the the one that starts the um, allowing you to make synthetics. Um, so the actual uh, the AI technology in quotes the first one gives you a flat ten percent research speed bonus. Oh wow. Um, the one that starts the unbidden um, does give you uh, either uh, gives you a very powerful FTL type that you may not have. Um, FTL. Um, so how you how your species handles FTL is actually one of the things that you do at character at Empire Generation. Uh, so at the start, you can either use your Empire can either use wormholes, where you have to construct wormhole stations. Uh, and they basically extend the range in which your ships can travel. And they will have to travel... The wormholes are two-way, so a station can generate a, a two-directional wormhole, um, but that sort of limit limits where you travel. Um, Do the wormholes have is... profits in them? <laughs> well, <laughs> that would be funny. Um, the... Uh, there's a standard warp drive, which just has a maximum range, and then you can just warp to another star in that range, as long as it's within that range. Uh, the Like, for example, the lower power warp drives, because you can get research technologies to upgrade them, you might not be able to cross a spiral galaxy arm with one. Okay. And then the last method is hyperlanes. Um, you might not be able to see it on the screenshot I've got, but you, you might be able to see like there's uh, some lines connecting all the systems. Yeah, we can see that. Yeah, okay. Uh, those are the hyperlanes. Um, basically, ships with the that can access hyperlanes can or can only travel along those lines, but they do so very quickly. Um, okay. And they can do it from anywhere inside the system as well. The other two, they, the ships need to go to the edge of the system in order to engage their faster-than-light stuff. Anyone using hyperlanes can just hyperspace from anywhere. It's pretty cool. So in this specific game, the one that I've provided the screenshot for, I am playing a wormhole empire, um, but I have the jump drive that causes the unbidden event researched because I researched it after the unbidden event happened and all of my ships are equipped with those. See, that's the thing. It's like once you get through the event, all those technologies are just open fair game for you, right? Yeah, but that allows you to kind of branch into the, the kind of the final part of the game, which is either a war, a massive war of galactic conquest or um, just seeing what happens with your neighbors now that the, the major galactic threat is gone. Because chances are you are probably a galactic threat yourself. Mm -hmm. Like as an example, uh, on the picture, the empire to the south, I've kind of surrounded the Luton Free Alliance. Um, they really don't like me very much now. We used to be buddies. We used to be besties. But because I've now pushed in on their borders a lot, they're getting a little bit, like, sort of scared of me. Which um, so color like are a, they? They're the blue empire in oh, the okay. north, like okay. the large one. Um, some uh, One of the other notes I will say about the empire creation is you can create empires, and then you can have them... F you can set an option so that they join the random generation list uh, for new games. 
So instead of um, instead of a galaxy created with all random empires, you can have it so that uh, your created empire is one of the ones included on the like the random placement list. Okay. You can also set an option to forcibly include your uh, your you know your created empire in a game, so that they'll appear as an AI. Um, and depending on how you've created them, they'll be assigned a specific AI template. So the, the, the AIs kind of follow these, these template personalities that are clearly displayed. And there's a lot, there's a lot of different, different ones. Um, for example, um, where is it? There are things like, uh, democratic crusaders, um, and they believe that um, they have a right to spread democracy throughout the galaxy. So they're Bernie um, so, supporters. Yeah. So if they, if you are playing a democratic government type, they will get on well with you. Yeah. But if you are not playing a democratic government type, they will typically hate you. Um, there are things like, um, uh, where is it? Um, looking for it. Uh, fanatical purifiers. Uh, they believe that every other alien life, like all alien life, was a gigantic cosmic mistake, and they basically just seek to wipe it all out everywhere, including themselves. Except for themselves. Oh right, because they're not the mistake. You're the no. mistake. Got it. Yeah. Uh, so they have like a one minus one thousand diplomacy to basically <laughs> everyone. Oh, awesome. So, and they all just can hate you overcome you. that somehow? Um, Not so really. If you, if you I, think the, the, I think the standard weighting is like ten. <laughs> yeah. If you if you defeat if you defeat them in a war, um, it's possible to turn them. Uh, if, like say for example, you conquer them completely, you take over their planets. Um, it is then possible if a faction um, appears that says, you know, we want to be liberated. Uh, sometimes it is possible to liberate them, and they will have magically changed their disposition quite significantly. Mm. Um, I think I remember doing that to a group of fanatical purifiers and they suddenly became like, I don't know, uh, it was one of the other ones, like Federation Builders or something. So Federation Builders are kind of like the ones that get on well with everyone. They're sort of chummy, quite chummy. Mm -hmm. um, the, other, the thing to bear in mind with things that the, and the way they kind of try and create more interesting situations is... Um, the game works in these things called populations or pops. So every square on a planet in your empire is occupied by or will end up being occupied by an alien or a member of your empire in some description. Um, and there, while your, your government has these um, uh, has a particular ethics associated with it, say, for example, my one fanatic spiritualist pacifism, um, your populations, if they're located away from your central system or in sectors, which are like AI driven things you can use to reduce, um, micromanagement, um, they, you get, a, they, they get, a, 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 one of the stats associated with them is, um, uh, there's like an ethic drift where they start to become, they start to, uh, change depending on how far away they are. So they can become, I don't know, militarist or something like that. So they can become like think, the populations around them, kind of like Civ. Yeah, a little bit like that. Because okay. what can also, because what can also happen is you can get things like migration treaties, or even just when you flat out conquer a, like a, a an enemy, like an enemy empire. 
it doesn't unless you specifically use the button that says purge which is not going to make you very popular um you, the the members of you you know the the civilians of that empire don't just vanish into the ether when their empire goes away is they become part of your empire so by the end of the game you have an empire that may have started out as one species um but will all but by end of the game you could have 20 others in your empire okay and they have you know they have their own traits they have their own ethics sometimes so i'm writing down um, a note here um always purge yeah, so there's a lot of purge the filthy Genos talk on yes. uh, the Stellaris subreddit. <laughs> always um, purge, always buy red technologies. Those are my two notes right now. So, so. but That's if you're playing, if you're playing like um, a militarist, uh, fanatic, collectivist empire, um, then you are in a better position okay. to like forcibly resettle populations and or be all kinds of evil. How are there weird? Um, other ways to play uh elaborate like are there any any i don't know is there any play styles that's like um your job is to just not be noticed or or something like that i guess the wind conditions are very narrow still huh yeah the wind conditions at the moment are pretty narrow like there's um, no economic victory right not at the moment no yeah. unfortunately um, and I say at the moment, one of the larger one of the larger weaknesses um, is in the mid game. In the early game, when you do a lot of your early exploration and you haven't revealed very much of the map, um, when your uh, science ships get, uh, survey systems, there's a chance to spawn uh, anomalies, which begin event chains that give you interesting things and stories to tell and things like that. Um, at the moment, uh, there aren't very much of those in the mid game. Um, but according to the developers, um, there was uh, a number of mid-game event chains called colony events that uh, basically weren't ready for release. Um, so they're being included in one of the next two patches. Um, so that will be something that's happening. Uh, at the moment, um, the game the they have just released a beta version of the 1.1 major patch. Um, and uh, that fixes a number of the bugs that were identified in the release version. And that's going all right. All right, Alice, um, how many games have you played? Of Stellaris? Yes. Uh, well, there's that main one. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's, I think, the third game that I've played. I, the other two I didn't finish. Oh, I just okay. wanted to play, like, play a different empire. So, And I, I have adorable space foxes. So Aww. Because <laughs> when, you, when you create your empire, you, um, you can pick your... Um, it doesn't. It doesn't you can affect make adorable anything. space slugs. Yep. Um, so you can pick uh, from one of the portrait options are um, mammals, uh, molluscoids, avians, reptilian, uh, a couple of others. I'm temporarily forgetting. Mushrooms. Yes, the fung. Yes, fungoid is one. Fungoid is one. Yes. Oh man! How long does oh, it take you to make a character in this game? For uh, it depends on how long. For it depends you. on how long. Depends on how long it takes you to decide on no, what no, you no. want. No, no, no. How long does it take you to make a character in this game? Oh, maybe fifteen minutes at the oh, most. Oh, that really? Okay, that seems low. Yeah, <laughs> I I put quite a bit of thought into my the first one that I did. Uh huh. Um, but then I I kind of changed it up because uh, I'd say um. 
the there are a couple of web utilities for creating your Stellaris race that were released based on the uh, the, the build that the um, developers were playing on YouTube um, that would sort of around before the game came out. Um, but then they changed. They've changed a couple of things since then. You know, they've changed a couple of ethos around. You no longer get um, uh, ethics drift with individualist uh, ethics. So, you know, it kind of changes around a bit. Hmm. All right. Let's see, this has been updated. I'm at kaiserly.github.io. Oh. Okay, that doesn't. I can't figure out how to yeah. find. I think the longest I spent on it was just clicking the random name generator, so I got one I liked. <laughs> all right yeah i'm just trying to find the what's the that's because there's a really good uh, there's a really good page on one of the wikis that has all of the uh has all of the uh like the population images and stuff like that but i'm just trying to find it um oh man those are the government types uh, damn it! Yeah, I think this game is one of the ones that's easiest to get into from all the paradox ones I've played. Too. Yes, uh, I, I'd, I'd probably say the same. Yeah, you're not under the threat of having to deal with masses of resources and unfriendly it's a bit less. Uh, it's a bit less numbery as well than a couple of their other games. Well, in Crusader Kings, you have all of that breeding that you have to take into account. Yeah, and also the 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 court intrigue can be pretty complicated. Um, okay, yeah. So the different uh, species groups are mammalian, reptilian, avian, arthrop arthropoid, molluscoid, and fungoid, plus the robots. But you can't start the game as those, so not really? at the moment. Not at the moment. Oh, okay. I think there's a lot of there's a lot of clamor. I think for a uh, for a like a playable robot thing to be included as um, future patch or DLC content or something. Cool. Where you start as a machine empire as opposed to creating one in the middle of the game by being mean. But uh, yeah, at the moment, adorable space foxes. You can also find nuclear nuclear earth cockroaches. Oh Wait, yeah, so nuclear what? If if you if you don't play it, um one of the or sorry two of the um pre-generated empires that come with the game uh are related to Earth. There's the actual um like United Nations of Sol or something. Um and also then like a sort of Earth splinter group. Um and uh you can set them to start in the Sol system so you can just play a sort of standard human game. If you play any, literally anything else, um, your galaxy will very likely generate a sol with a soul system in, and you can find it in varying states of uh, like appearance. Uh, sometimes humans will just be another space empire, you know, like you. Um, sometimes it's possible to find pre-space humans, so humans in the Stone Age, humans in the Renaissance, and stuff like that. Um, and sometimes you will find uh, Sol 3 as a bombed-out tomb world inhabited by radioactive cockroaches. Excellent. It is possible to, um, when you encounter pre-sentient species like uh, these radioactive cockroaches, it is possible to uplift them and have them join your empire. 
Um, Sweet. The cockroaches, the cockroaches are actually kind of useful or anything inhabiting a tomb world because uh, no, like um, unless you have a specific trait, uh, you can't uh, colonize tomb worlds at all. They have like a zero percent habitability rating. Unless you've got the irradiated trait, which you can only find in pre, uh, like sort of pre-sentience on discovered planets, uh, in those cases um, you can colonize tomb worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's actually one of the other mechanics that you can have is um, if you find a pre-space age but sentient people, so say they're in the sort of bronze, I think bronze age onwards, um, you can construct an observation post in orbit and just keep an eye on them. Um, but it is possible to start you to get more research points out of it by abducting them if your empire policies allow it. Uh, this may cause the people down below to form XCOM. Um, that that's one of do the they call it events. XCOM? They don't call it XCOM oh, because that be would be pretty awesome. Right. But they, but you got you got a notice saying that the 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 primitives have founded a uh, you know because you've been abducting people to study them. The primitives have founded a sort of. Uh, organization to fight off extraterrestrials um awesome you can can uplift them um so you basically descend from the heavens and give them technology and then they then join your um they then become they become their own space empire but they're automatically a protector of your empire and they'll always have favorable relations to you unless you i don't know declare war on them or insult them or something um and then the other one you can do is um you can genetically modify members of your own species to look like theirs and then send them down to the planet and to prepare their planet for annexation. Uh, this allows you to do the very cliche thing of if you are playing a reptilian species and you find humanity, you can <laughs> create genetically modified lizards that then forcibly join humans to some kind of giant reptilian space empire. I can't make this stuff up. Mm-hmm. So, um, what is the <laughs> so what is the difference between you know reenacting the movie V or um, uplifting them? So, um, in that case, I think they they join if if you use the genetically modified option, um, your empire policies have to allow it. Um, but if they do, I think they just automatically join your empire rather than becoming a protectorate. Okay. Um, if you find pre-sentience, um, you can uplift them. It's a lot easier to uplift them. Um, and uh, you can also genetically modify them to eliminate unwanted traits at the same time. So you can basically engineer a species that's beneficial to your empire. Do you need a specific trait to allow that to happen? Um, you do need side. a you do need a, you do need an empire policy I think to allow that and it's also there's an there's a specific technology that you have to research first. Okay. You can't just do it from the start of the game, unfortunately. But it basically um, because when you when you create your I'm empire, making a third bullet create, point here, uplift all cockroaches. <laughs> when you create your empire, you create the type of planets that you your species enjoys uh, colonizing. Um, and then the other types of planets, of which there are seven or eight, um, all get lower percentages based on your original selection. So when you have multiple species in an empire, um, you can ha- you will ha- you very likely have species who prefer different types of planets. 
So say, for example, in your local neighborhood is you've got a planet that you don't want to colonize with your primary species because it's the completely the wrong type is you can always genetically uplift another species to serve as useful colonization fodder. Um, the other thing you can do is I, when I generated my species is I took the weak trait, which, um, uh, takes 20% off my army damage. Um, but it is possible to quite easily genetically uplift a species and give them the strong trait, which increases army damage by 20% and then use them for your armies. So there's a lot of this kind of a surprising amount of uh, surprising amount of depth to it. It can there are definite rooms for room for improvement, but given that it's a paradox game and they just released like their tenth expansion for Crusader Kings two, I'm kind of expecting this game to go places. Okay. So. Yeah. <laughs> I look forward to hearing the stories of your space foxes. Of your mm-hmm. star foxes, to put it another way. Yes, you you could call them star foxes, yes. <laughs> Terrible, Chris. Uh-huh. All right. Oh, I'm so glad we finally had the Stellaris conversation, Anna. He's, he's been waiting for this for weeks, guys. <laughs> uh, well, I'll try mean, it now. Yeah, huh? I was going to say, oh, yeah. will, will, uh, will that mean Chris actually sits down and plays it now? Oh, probably now. Now I'm just good. I don't need to play it. He really wants to play it with me, but this has not been a good week for me. No, no, I can understand. Yeah, she's busy with E3 shit. Or going to the walk-in to get Oh, yeah, you had a... Yeah, she had a migraine this week, yeah. Um, Migraines. Hey, Alice. Mm Mm-hmm. Are you enjoying Overwatch? Uh, Yes, I have been enjoying Overwatch. Are you buying loot crates? Uh, no. Good. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> Have you played a lot, or you just, uh, no, uh, I've not between played I've Stellaris not rounds, or? Yeah, I've played a couple of game, a few games here and there. Okay. Um, I think I, I actually, I think thinking about it, not counting the beta because I was in the the little open beta thing briefly, mm-hmm. is um, I was uh. I think uh, since the game is released, I've only played about an hour and 20 minutes. Oh, that's not half. much at all. Okay. No, so I know. So, like, that's four or five matches? So then what drove you to no, Destiny? No, we'll do more than that. Oh, how Sorry? long is an average match? Bear in mind that I have never played TF2 and know next to nothing about Overwatch. Uh, an Overwatch match can be over in five, six minutes. Okay. So... Um, that's still a fair few. And I think according to the stats tracker, I've only played two of the heroes. So, which two? Uh, May, mm-hmm. who's one of the support ones. Gigi, and, isn't she the one uh, in the little in the big snow no, parka? She's the snow parka. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. May May is probably extremely OP at the moment, but I don't care. Uh, and Genji as my preferred damage dealer of choice. Is that the ninja? It's the one who looks yeah. like a Warframe. Yeah, cyborg ninja <laughs> dude. <laughs> I think he does actually literally describe himself in one of his lines as Green Cyborg Ninja Dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Excellent. And um, as far as other characters, so stuff that I played during the beta, um, my healer of choice is probably Zenyatta, um, the robotic monk. Um, oh, is that uh, the one that gets shot in the preview with... Um, no. 
Okay. Uh, that's one of the that's one of the related characters to I think that's Mon Mondota, who's related to Zenyatta. Okay. Um, and then uh, the t- my preferred tank is uh, Diva, for presumably obvious reasons. Because mm-hmm. she's a diva. Well, she also has a giant robot. Well, oh. not very giant, but <laughs> that's the the esports lady. Yeah. And it also looks like they rip off Asuka's hair and bodysuit and well, everything else. So do you play the girl that has the giant muscles? What? Uh, Zyra? Zen? Zen? No, I can't remember her name. Okay. I, I have played her. I did, I, did pl- I did play her in the beta. Okay. A couple of times. So. But yes, there is a big Russian woman with huge muscles. She's awesome. So Diva, <laughs> well, Diva not to be confused with Eva, <laughs> you know, because she's a complete Evangelion ripoff in a plug suit, even. Well, yeah, except she's I think she's more relatable as a character than Asuka ever was. Well, yeah, she's not trying to kill herself in a bathtub. Huh? It happens. <laughs> okay. And they have the yeah, most just... cheery song playing while it happens too. Yeah, that's that that that's Evangelion in a nutshell. I mean, anyway. Um. So yeah. <laughs> what are we talking about? Okay. Besides Overwatch, cheerful Chris. suicides. <laughs> oh, uh, Overwatch, Chris. Overwatch. Okay. Overwatch. No, Destiny. Why are you playing Destiny? What happened there? Uh, why? Why was I playing Destiny? Well, I was actually always interested in trying Destiny, and then basically a yeah, version of it just dropped into a, ah. a price range. Which I thought it was, you know. So this reasonable. is your first time trying Destiny. All right. Do you like yeah. it? Um, going yeah. going yeah, into a... it with low expectations helps a lot, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah. So <laughs> like, oh, this isn't so bad. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of a shame. I mean. Admittedly, I have actually my Twitter avatar is a character from a Bungie franchise. It's just the Bungie franchise that everyone forgets about. Which is Marathon. What's oh marathon? right, yeah, that's because the shooter they were pre- before Halo, Anna. Oh, because okay. they were because they were stupid enough to release a uh, Doom-like shooter in 1993 on the Mac. <laughs> you know, when IDs bringing out Wolfenstein 3D and Doom on a platform that more people own. Good, good, good move, guys. Which you know, is a shame. You you can because... criticize it, but at the same time, they've got a nice following nowadays. They did okay. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the interesting thing is, is a marathon actually does have a pretty good story. It, and I personally would probably rate it a hell of a lot higher than Halo was. Um, and it kind of was doing the crazy wait, wait, AI. Wait. Does it does it involve AIs? Um, taking over the universe or precursors coming back and causing problems or both uh no there there is definitely an element of both in that <laughs> yeah but so in I other mean, words it's a doing... bungee story is what you're telling me. yeah but they were doing this they were doing the whole crazy ai thing before uh hell i think before system shock did shodan hmm. you know some 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 dangerous hipsters would describe shodan as a poor man's durandal okay the original crazy AI. Um, so, um, but yeah, as far as Destiny's concerned, um, it's kind of like a little bit like um, 
what was the reason behind putting all of the law stuff on the website <laughs> again? Was there uh, a reason for that? It, bad decisions, I think, is the <laughs> generally accepted reason for that. Um, yeah. We had to rip it out of our game and had to shove it somewhere so people wouldn't be upset, so we threw it on the website. I guess. Just seems a bit, a bit of a weird choice. Well, well I if think... you read the stuff with Marty Donald's exit, it seems to have to rewrite the entire thing, so... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. Um, I say, I'm I am interested enough to continue playing it. Um, I've, as I say, had quite a bit of fun with uh, what I've played so far. Um, it is a little bit weird from a coming from a uh, career PC shooter player. Well, not you know what I mean. Someone who's always played, yeah. basically always played shooters on the, PC. You played shooters the right way, yes. Well, I mean, I okay, I played a lot of quite a few shooters on the N64, but that no, was a long time that's ago. That's the wrong way. Um, but it, it, getting getting used to, to playing an FPS with a controller again is difficult. I will mm -hmm. definitely say that. Yeah. They do an so. okay job of helping you out in that game. I don't know. They could use more auto assist, but it, it feels good. And um, you haven't gotten to the Taken King stuff yet, right? Uh, well, I, I kind of sort of have because I got the Mote of Light, so oh, I right. instantly got up to level 25. All right. <laughs> so. That helps. Yeah. It does. Because then they add like some story to the game. And there's like cutscenes uh, and crap. Yeah. There's a girl who's like perpetually leaking out of her eyes that you talk to a lot. Eris Morn? Yeah, that's it. Okay. <laughs> She's just leaking out of her eyes. <laughs> yes. Yes. There's, there's actual lore about what happened with them taking her light, and she had to... You know what? Let's not talk about Destiny lore. Um. <laughs> no, let's not. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a cra it's, a, it's a crazy place. Yeah. It's a very silly place. Let's not go there. She got the third eye. All right. But she's leaking! Anna Marie, what have you been leaking this week? Um, I have been playing a bunch of stuff on iPad. So I've been playing a lot of, um, yeah, like Shop Heroes and Final Fantasy Record Keeper, Star Trek Timelines. And I started um, Heaven Strike. Heaven Strike. This game has been out for a while. Yes. But it just came out on PC, like, last week, mm. which means there are more, a lot more people playing it. So, so is it a game you play against other people, then? So the, there's a single-player storyline, and there, there, there's... What a, is Heaven Strike? Um, it is... It is a lane defense game. Kind of like... Plants vs. Zombies? Yeah, kind of like PvZ. Okay. So at the moment, my thing is three lanes tall... And then it is seven squares across, but the far left column and the far right column are reserved so that you can always put out new units. So the far left is where your lawnmowers go, right? The far left is where I stand, and the far right is where the enemy stands. Oh, okay. No lawnmowers. Darn. And so um, you get characters by completing levels or by drawing, and the drawing uses real money currency. Well, they're all real money currencies. Um, but you seem to get it really often. And the cool thing is, is I actually jumped in because it, um, they're doing a it's So it's a Final Fantasy game. So it has like Final Fantasy-esque characters. And it uses all of the Final Fantasy tactic sound effects. So are these, is this like Record Keeper where you're recruiting people from other games? Y no. You're not sure. So I think it's set in the Ivalis universe because it has like the little floating pom-pom guys. 
They're kind of like <coughs> Moogles. The dogs. What? And it has cat people. Ivalis has actual Moogles. Yeah, I know. But they also have stuff that are kind of like So Moogles. has it got bunny girls? Um, I don't think I've seen a Does bunny Does it have lizard yet. people? Yes. Okay. So it has all of these sort of animal-esque peoples. And it has sort of the same art style. Okay. As like FFTA and FFTA2 and stuff like that. Oh, the so, bad ones. So I caught, So I kind of think it feels on... It, it feels to me like part of the Ivalis universe. Okay. And so um, you get characters and then they each have either... They have a certain amount of attack and a certain amount of health and then... Um, basic characters just have like a, an attack or a heal or a magic. But once you get to more um, elaborate characters, like for example, I pulled Ed Elric on my very wait, first Wait, 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 wait. That's a guy from an anime. Right. So they're doing a Full Metal Alchemist crossover right now. Oh, of course. Which is why I jumped into it. Cause I'm Do like, you need hey, to pull like, like seven of him so you can fuse him together to get his full power? Nope. Okay. So he's just five stars. And so... Uh, characters are just five stars coincidentally is what you should rate this podcast on itunes <laughs> i just want to point that out thank you right, carry on um so yeah characters are rated one to five stars um there five seems stars. to be a way to upgrade them but i haven't gotten far enough in the game to figure that out yet so you might be able to upgrade them to more stars i'm not sure okay and so you basically you have sort of a little circle around your character which holds up to eight orbs, and you get two orbs a turn. And characters cost at least two orbs to deploy. So norm, or sorry, it's not eight orbs. It must be ten, because usually what I do is I put out my four orb tank, and then I put out Ed Elric, who costs two orbs, and then I put out a two orb healer, and then my last person I use depending on what the map calls for. So I have like a ranged character. I have a character that moves really fast, but has really low hit points. Um, I actually have a backup healer in case my healer dies. Cause you only have a limited team that you can bring in. You can have tons and tons of characters, but the team that you bring into combat, you can only have a maximum of eight characters. And if they die, you don't get them back. Sorry. If they die, you can't resummon them. So you are limited to only those eight characters in a level. So if you lose all of your characters, you lose. And so basically you send your characters out towards them and they send their characters out towards you and you try to get rid of them and make your way to the boss and attack the boss. And each you and the boss both have hit points. And so there are sort of tricksy things that end up coming up on the battle grid. Um, for example, you can move your characters freely between the three lanes, um, except for when there's walls. Sometimes there are walls, so you can't move between the lanes. And sometimes there are spots that when you stand on them, you gain health. And there are some spots where you gain attack. And so it's important that you get on those spots and you try to make sure the enemy doesn't get on those spots. Okay. And yeah, beyond that, it sounds it's, very complicated. It is. I mean, they they kind is this of just like sideways Clash Royale or something. No. Okay. 
Um, I mean, it is free to play, so I would say try it if it sounds in any way interesting. I installed it on my PC. It is very tactical. I've installed it on my iPad in the past and then always uninstalled it because I never get around to trying it. <laughs> so, yeah, it is interesting. I'm wondering why they're making a PC push on it now. Um, I don't know. All right. And you haven't needed to spend any money in it yet? Nope. No Although, hard paywalls. I'm kind of tempted to spend... Oh, here we go. So, you know how Star Trek Timelines has that, like, 30-day pass, and it yeah. gives you stuff every day? They have a similar thing. It's five bucks, and it gives you the currency to pull characters and gold, which you use to level up your characters, and then a third currency that I don't have any of it, so I don't know what it does. <laughs> okay. So I'm pretty early in this game. I've completed maybe 10 stages total. I haven't even unlocked daily missions yet. And then beyond so that... So you haven't gotten to the point where there would be a paywall. Right. Okay. I am still early. You're still in the uh, the highly developed intro part of the game. Yes. Um, beyond that, I... You've been playing Mind Gems Zero. Oh. So, we went for different games that you were playing. Yes. So <laughs> Anna, Anna said Gems of War, and you've almost finished it, it sounds like. Yeah, so here's sort of the dilemma that I'm running into. Is, is I started you on the PS4 version, and I yes. never should have done that to you. In fact, I tried to talk you out of it <laughs> after you started it, and you were like, no, this is good. Um, so the problem that I've run into is the developer of the of the mobile and PC version is not the same people who are porting it to the consoles. So there's a PS4, Xbox One version that's being developed by a different team. And the problem is, is that the PS4 and Xbox One version are now two major patches behind the main game. And so, and the other problem is, is the games don't have parity. So there are things that are available in the PS4 and Xbox One version that don't exist in the um, mobile PC version means that they have to be coded around when they add the new stuff, which makes things more complicated. So I'm kind of at a, a crossroads where it's like, well, I'm basically done all of the story on the PS4 version. And I could do all the challenges, and I could do some of the PvP, but I don't like PvPing <laughs> because um, it is very pay-to-win. I have PvP'd, so every week there's a new league and you start at rank 15 and you can make your way up to rank one the problem is is basically as soon as you hit rank 10 you start playing against people who have clearly spent a lot of money on the game because what rank are you well again it resets every week all right so i are there any benefits to just playing the ranks you can play through not a ton oh I could get glory, and glory allows you to open glory chests. And glory chests are super duper hit and miss. So glory chests, you can literally get a legendary, or you can literally get two souls, which is nothing. And so it's this ridiculous lottery system where it's like, this could totally pay off for me, or it could totally crap out. And so I'm not really sure it's worth the hassle. So I'm, I'm on the fence. I'm going to finish the storyline. I have one last zone to do. And then I will probably just put the game away and play something else on the PS4. And like next year, I will come back to it. 
next year. Yes, because I strongly suspect it's going to take at least six months for them to put put the two major patches in. Okay. And I could sort of come back for 1.9, which in, which um, introduces um, character classes. Yeah. But it also only introduces one new zone. Here's another idea, Anna. What? Start playing on the iPad. That's my other option. So, I mean, I'll then finish it on PS4. you spend even more money. I didn't spend any money on I it. I know, but there's so many more ways to spend money on the iOS one. Yes. But there's also PS4 exclusive stuff. But money anyways so yeah um i'll finish it and i'll take a break and then probably after e3 i will decide if i want to play it on pc or ios and see how i feel about it so yeah there's that and then yeah i've been playing mind zero Mm -hmm. so i hit level 17 in the third dungeon which is really cool because the dungeon is comprised of fairy tale books written in German. Um, the problem is, is I've hit my first, like, serious uh, difficulty spike. So I'm probably going to have to go down to the, to the lower floors in the particular dungeon that I'm in and grind out two or three levels. So the one thing that I did do is I, when I exited the dungeon, I discovered that I unlocked the ability to upgrade my skills. I also finally figured out how to equip more skills, which is even better. Because they don't explain to you how to do that, and the button presses to do it are not in any way intuitive. Um, so tell people. You have to hit square. The X and the circle button do nothing in that menu. Mm. Which is so weird. So I went and I upgraded a whole bunch of my skills and I equipped new skills on people and I did a, uh, I uh, kitted people out with like different um, skill sets. So it's like now I have someone that's like heavy single, um, heavy single target damage and I have someone that's like more geared towards area damage and then I have someone that's like heal all the things. And so, yeah, I'm sticking to my original party, and it's a spoiler why, but I found out that I should stick to my original party, so I'm doing so. Oh, that means someone dies. <laughs> I no. can figure that out. No. Oh, okay. Half your party gets kidnapped at some point. Mm. So Spoiler! You spoiled. Yeah. You spoiled, Anna. Yeah. You're a terrible person. Yep. Um... So I know nothing surrounding that particular event. I just know that they are temporarily unavailable. So, yeah, I think, Alex, you complained about this in your review, too. You were like, there isn't much point in leveling, other, leveling anyone other than the original three people. Yeah, I, yeah, I was trying to remember the difficulty stuff, but yeah, I seems I noticed that that was an issue as well. So Yeah. And so, yeah, I definitely, I definitely remember using the original people. I think it was more of a reason that I didn't have any reason to not use them. And then it worked out in my favor. Right. And so um, I guess I'll get into discussion about other stuff when I actually get there. So, yeah, my, my next move is to go grind out level 20. And I will be doing that probably this week. So I need to pick a new PS4 game to play. Uh, Omega Quintet. That's what I'm leaning towards. All right, because Ninji's playing that. 
Yes. Or your friend. People don't. She has a friend in in the Netherlands. His name is Nanjing. He pirates TV shows for her. (laughs) He does. So Um, many idiots in that game. So many what? So many idiots in that game. I also, he also found out something supremely awesome and he had to show it to me. In Omega Quintet, if you accidentally jam the camera to the point it tries to look up a girl's skirt, she gets very upset. Oh, so it stops it. Yeah. So she, the the girl that he was showing it to me on, she like scooches, she like scooches, she like yanks her skirt down and crosses her knees and she like starts to shout stuff at you. Hang on, I wrote it down. Well, that, that seems good. Well, it does that, then has clothing damage anyway. But... Oh my gosh, where did it go? You did talked you to him too much point. yesterday, Chris. I did. I'm sorry. Okay. Keep keep talking when I find it. I will. Oh, um, I played games this week. What did I play? Um, first thing, uh, I got back into Hearthstone a bit. Um, I've been playing. Um, I've been trying to do all the daily quests every every day this week and and collect more cards in my packs. Um, I opened up all my sixty four or sixty three old god packs, so I have um, all my old god cards now. So I made some Cthulhu desk or Cthulhu decks rather. And that's kind of fun, um, and yeah, I'm, I'm actually I have a goal in that game, and so I've been working towards it, which is to collect card packs every day and and work towards completing the classic set entirely. Um, I'm done through all the commons and rares, so now I'm working on the epics, and then finally it will be the legendaries, and they get very expensive. Um, it takes a lot of um, duplicate cards or get lucky and get some really nice high quality duplicate cards um, in order to break them down and do dust and then craft the cards you need. So that'll take me a little while, but at least it's a goal. I'm progressing towards it. Um, and yeah, and I'm working on all the, the single player things I hadn't gotten through. So Anna, you saw me go through a wing of Blackwing Lair yes. last night and just couldn't beat Major Domo Executus and couldn't beat him, couldn't beat him. And then tried just a completely different character and had no problem. <laughs> I found what the girl says in Omega Quintet. Oh, what is it? She says, I don't think there's much point in giving you service. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Okay. (laughs) And she also uh, screeches, where do you think we are right now, horn dog? Yes. Oh, dear. So that is a, that's a thing. (laughs) Uh, and then I also played some more Ratchet and Clank, and I was forbidden from playing the game without Anna being in the room. She decided she's invested in the story now. Yes. Yep. Uh, that game is so beautiful. It <laughs> a is A nice pretty. looking game. <laughs> um, and then finally, I busted out Warhammer Total War. So I, uh, I played a couple hours of Warhammer Total War. I picked up the Dwarf campaign, and I'm playing it. I'm playing it on easy. I'm not cheating, for those of you following along at home. I haven't found it to be necessary so far. And uh, that is... Uh, it, it's playing more like a 4X game than I expected it to. Um, I thought it was more of a strategy 
like control your battlefield game but it seems to be more of a um yeah you have some control during the battles but it's more about what you do between the battles it seems that matters and uh yeah that's interesting i just like being in the warhammer universe and watching you know um so my 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 main hero is a dwarven king and his unit is he sits on a throne and he has the giant dwarven book of grudges which dwarves in the warhammer universe are all about grudges they record they've they've got like a klingon honor system and it's all about recording when somebody misaligned someone else and then satisfying the grudge and so they they record it all in the giant book of grudges and that's what the king's got and he's sitting on a throne and then there's four dwarves under that throne that hold him up and carry him around on the battlefield so he can go around and, and attack people so i have like this this guy on a dais just being walked around and and it's great and uh he's my hero unit and then i've got all these dwarves and i'm trying to get some slayers um slayers of course being dishonored dwarves that have taken an oath to uh to kill like demons and stuff until they die um but i haven't gotten them yet so i'm I'm hoping to get some because they don't wear armor because you know they're dishonored and they're trying to die a glorious death so um they wear tattoos and stuff anyway it's a whole warhammer thing so warhammer it's cool it's actually kind of addictive so i can't wait to play some more this weekend and um it'll be fun um yeah, and uh, so far so good on that. Um, I need to try some of the races in that game. The campaigns seem very much like introducing you to a race, and then you kind of make custom campaigns like in any of these strategy things. Um, yeah, so uh, yeah, that's uh, that's Warhammer for right now. Um, see if I get more of that. I want to talk to Jonathan once he's back, uh, hopefully next week. And Alex, that leaves you. What have you been playing? Um, I've been playing Final Fantasy Dress Up. So there are multiple games that could. Uh... Dress Up HD would be ten ten two. Yeah, yeah, the, the HD is the clue on that bit. Yeah, so I, I finally finished the playthrough of Final Fantasy Ten. I think a week or two ago, which took me well about ten years overall on various <laughs> platforms. <laughs> Wait, you never finished Final Fantasy X. I've never finished no. Final Fantasy X. I Why not? Get to like, X a good game. I get to like the planes. Yeah. And then I just that's okay. Realize just, that I'm not terribly you, interested in the game. Just, yeah. You know, you can just walk north and skip most of that plane section and go on with the narrative. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do chocobo racing. Oh, I don't. Okay. I did that. My, my problem was I got to the bit just before the final boss and did the usual thing of not wanting to complete the game and finding something else. <laughs> you guys. Oh, was, I did, yeah. The thing I was quite surprised was all of the save game editing tricks that were in the uh, both in the original game and in the HD version still work on the PC version as well. I, what is the, What are the save game editing tricks? Uh, like literally everything. <laughs> okay. I think... Um, I think Final Fantasy X has one of the most abusable save game structures since Final Fantasy VII. So how were people getting it off the PS3 to edit it? Uh, there are numerous ways to get save files off the PS3. Oh, well, Usually uh, just by connecting a USB. I mean, it, Final Fantasy X is one of those weird games, though, where um, it is would actually be possible to, I think, take a save from the original PS2 version and then basically continue playing it on your uh, PC. Because from what I remember, it was possible to port PS2 saves to PS3 when the game was when the HD was released on PS3, and you can port PS3 saves to PC. 
as long as you're careful. Hmm. All right. So, <laughs> yeah. Because there's, I, I did finish. I finished Final Fantasy X when it came out. There's no way in hell I'm playing through that game again legitimately. Yeah, it's not one I'd say that has massive replay value. But, <laughs> but yeah, no, it was fun to finally get through that. And now I'm... 10-2 was another game I had originally played the PS2 version. Although I think I'd gotten about two chapters in before I gave that one up. Now I am in more of a forgiving mood for it, so... I'm enjoying it. I am cheating and using a walkthrough because I cannot be bothered with. No, I, I really do. <laughs> but for Final Fantasy X-2 is one of the is is one of those games that I will never ever give anyone any stick for following any walkthrough for any part of that game. I always miss the, talking to the girl in the Moogle suit at like the start of the game. Yeah, oh, yeah it's the possible. Very first to, thing. <laughs> yeah, it's possible to drop a percentage within the first two minutes of gameplay. So. Yeah, I, f I forgive nobody for for walkthroughing the crap out of that game. Yeah, I think I yeah I finished chapter two in that one this morning, so I think I am at forty four percent, something around there on my completion completion score. But um, yeah, apart from that, uh, I played I basically blitzed through the Huntsman Winter's Curse this week, which is what is that. A, it is a licensed RPG based on the Huntsman movies. I don't know. Which are in turn based on fairy tales. Okay. But yeah, they star the guy from four or the guy who is four. The guy oh, I thought people, they I thought yeah. that was I thought it was Nighthawk or not Hawk what Hawkeye that was in this. No, you guys are saying it's... things that don't make any sense. Um yeah, it's a movie, Anna? And uh, it's store. It stars uh, Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. Oh, there you go. You didn't say Thor. She. He did say Thor. Oh, I did just very badly. Okay. He said it Britishly. Okay. Yeah. You know. Yeah. The, I think the movies are based on I think Snow White and the so Ice Queen. There's the Snow White one. and the Huntsman. There's the Huntsman's Winter's War, which I guess is the one that's yeah. Yeah, Man. but yeah, Winter's Curse is a licensed RPG, but it's sort of different from what you'd expect, and that I think is basically an, an indie developer has done it. So what it's ended up as is basically a visual novel slash RPG hybrid called, Win called Winter's Curse. Let's see. So the first one was called Snow White and the Huntsman. The second one, they've just gotten rid of Snow White and they're focusing on the Huntsman because you know, screw Snow White. <laughs> Who cares, right? She's a woman. Women don't advertise well. Uh, it wasn't a good movie, apparently. How many movies based on... Oh, people search for Snow White movies. So let's see. We've got Mirror Mirror from 2012. We've got Snow White No. 1. We've got Grimm's... No oh, man. There's some crappy... Oh, there'll be a few out there. <laughs> there's a lot of Snow White movies out. Hmm. All right. Anyway. Yeah. What were we yeah, talking so about? Like, but yeah, uh, the Winter's Curse spin-off oh, right. game. The new one, yeah. Well, Winter's Curse is a spin-off game, and it's uh, not actually directly connected to the movies, so it does a does its own thing. But you basically got a vi visual novel there, which is spread over five episodes. I, I'm sorry, you said a visual novel. Yeah, they based it, they That's... made a visual novel game based off a western movie. What? 
you're not surprised fairy by this. Okay. Fairy tale style writing. Oh, this thing! I just finally loaded up pictures. Now I know what you're talking about. Okay, that's um, that is weird. Yeah, yeah it's storybook. Half, yeah. half turn based, turn based slash card based RPG. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's fairly short, so you've got five episodes each, about one to two hours to get through. And it's not terrible, but not particularly good either. It starts to drag quite quickly because you are just going between battles, and the the writing's good, but there's not really enough enough substance to the game to make it all that worthwhile. But useful to kill a, kill a few evenings if you just want to relax, because there's nothing too taxing about it. So. Hmm. So do you make uh, do you play as the huntsman or do you make your own character? Um, you basically control the character called Elizabeth, who is searching for her four brothers who all left home for to go on adventure. To go huntsmaning. Uh, I'm not sure what huntsmaning is. I, I haven't actually seen the film, so I don't know what. Neither do I. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what one has to do to become a huntsman. This one's a, yeah, so Have she's a going tragic off to, backstory. Maybe hadn't they? But she's going off to find her brothers, and she's joined by some some guy called Marcus, who is helping her for his own reasons. Plot, 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 etc. Plot, plot, plot. I like it. Yeah, that's what we have to call the podcast, Chris. Write it down. Okay. This podcast is called. This plot, looks like plot, a game plot. you would play, Anna. Really? Yeah. Okay. So where do you where do you play this game? Is it out yet? It is out on Steam now and is coming to PlayStation Four at some point. Is the whole thing out, or is it just a couple episodes? The whole thing's out now. The first episode is free. Mm. There you go, Anna. There. Okay. So yeah, easy to check out if you want, and you don't have to pay anything. It's not your thing. So. So you have not played any cricket games. No, 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 no cricket games. But you played a car racing, right? Yeah, okay. uh, yeah. I got in the I got in the mood to, to play some sim-based car racing. I didn't have the, I can't be bothered to go full into the i racing stuff. So I got the closest thing that I have, which is more project cars. So I was just playing that online a bit, which is always hilarious. Because there is always disaster in the first corner. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> every time, no. Every time you play online in a racing game, the first corner is disastrous. Excellent. Unless you're racing with a lot of Danica Patricks, is what you're telling me. Um, Pastor Maldonado's is the international. Oh, my bad. The international comparison, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so you never get the good ones who are doing the proper eye racing stuff, but I have fun with it, so just go in expecting to crash on the first corner. Now you <laughs> you, you don't have virtual reality, right? No. So okay. Oh yeah, I think that is one of the games that has it, yeah. Yes it is. I could play that with the uh riff that I'm supposed to be shipping off to who's who am I sending that to? To Zach, Anna? Zach. Okay. 
I need to send, I need to send that mm-hmm. <laughs> so we can get a review up. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, I think that's pretty much all I've been playing. So. All right, and that's what we've all been playing, right? We good? I think so. Yeah. Is it time for so. the news? Beep, 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 beep. The first beep. story comes from Miss Anna Marie Privetier about Dragon Fantasy. Yeah, it's out on Wii U, and so the Black Tome of Ice is out on Wii U and 3DS and Steam. You shill, you. Yep. All right. PC, Mac, Linux. Yep. Um, let's see. The next thing is Epic Tavern. This sounds like, uh, oh, wait, I have seen the trailers for this. I don't know if I care for it. So this is a, uh, it's a fantasy RPG and management sim. You're in charge of a pub regularly visited by various adventures. Um, at this point, I would normally tag this as hashtag Anagame. Um, but. Huh? But. But. It sounded like there was a but in that statement. Oh, you know what? I got this confused with a different one. So this might be okay? I don't know. Um, after its initial setup, you customize a tavern to attract preferred type of client, and then you can be s- the adventures can be sent on a various quests. They each have their own stats, personalities, their gear, and uh, yeah. So there you go. I don't know. It's uh, still in progress, though. It's not out. It's not opening till 2017. So. Or releasing till 2017, sorry. <laughs> opening well that's not inaccurate mm-hmm. let's see we've got sword coast legends that's the game chris really wants to keep playing with people and has never put together the effort to actually get a multiplayer session going they've got more dlc coming to it sword coast legends gets a dlc called rage of demons it is free it's a whole new campaign and it's out now um so there you go uh, it adds the tiefling race. Uh, you Tieflings. Add, it's got Dr- I'm a monster. Rawr. <laughs> it's got Dritz Dorden, um, who's like the the dark elf guy who likes to shoot things and and hunt. Or what? Nah, he doesn't shoot things, does he? Wait, he uses isn't two he swords. The guy that we were watching them yeah. do the tabletop. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Wait, what? They did a tabletop game. And- yes, yes, and he was playing as Dritz, which yes. is highly unusual in a D and D campaign. Okay. But yes. <laughs> Usually players don't get to play as Dritz. You get quests from Dritz, or he helps you out and then disappears when it would be really convenient for him to be around still. Mm, that's you know? disappointing. Uh-huh. Uh, let's see. And they also mentioned that later this year, PS4 and Xbox One versions of the game are coming. So yeah. We need... I mm, Let's put together something there. Uh, Go for it. I know, I know. I want to play with you. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I don't know if I want you to GM. You'll just throw a burning horse at me. Well, then have someone else GM. <laughs> I've already been banned from GMing this game. <laughs> uh, Jonathan isn't, isn't here to tell us all about the new Path of Exile thing. Uh, the expansion... It, well, is it an expansion? It's, uh, it's uh, patch 2.3. And they're adding the Prophecy Challenge League. So. It's an update. I don't think it's a full expansion like the previous ones, but new stuff. So leagues are limited time servers that include special items and modifiers not available in standard modes. So this is kind of like a ladder in Diablo 3, right? Or seasonal, rather. Um, when a new yeah. character... 
Yeah. And when you make a new character, you can opt them in to join the current league. And when the new league ends, all the characters are moved back to the Legacy League. So it's really just like seasons. It is like seasons. Yeah. That's cool. In uh, So here's the unique stuff in this one. You, the NPC Navali, a Karui soothsayer. I don't know what any of those words mean. Uh, with whom players can interact to begin the league's continent-spanning quest. And also included are new item and divination cards, three types of unique strong boxes, and new endgame map type. Five new skills, 40 new challenges, and the endgame labyrinth, a fourth labyrinth that can only be reached by completing difficult modes of the Trials of Ascendancy. Path of Exile is actually at the point where I think it's overwhelming. (laughs) But, um, oh, here you go. If you want to throw more money at them, they've got a new supporter pack that's going to coincide with the release of this patch. The Prophecy Supporter Pack will cost $60, and you will get a Shroud Armor set, a unique portal effect, a themed frame for the in-game social portrait, and 500 in-game currency, which on its own is valued at $50. Um, yeah. There you go. Uh, (laughs) Moving on. Koei Tecmo has uh, put out more details for Tokenen 2. That's, uh, they've got more story and character details. They've got the release date for the game in Japan. Um, so it's going to be out on PS4, PS3, and Vita now on July 28th. Uh, and the Vita version will also be available for download, of course. Um, yeah. So there you go. Oh, and it sounds like a new demo that's being available for download with bug fixes and cross-play support with the Vita demo. Oh, I'm confused. So. Uh, yeah, the PS4 demo got updated and the PS Vita demo got released. Okay, so that's what happened. Yeah, you're missing a word here. Um, or someone's missing a word here, I should say. Um, game set in the... Ma- yeah, it's Meiji era Japan. It's it's Monster Hunter plus... Story um, characters, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's Monster Hunter plus... Um, um, not Ninja Warriors, but Samurai Warriors or... Samurai Dynasty Pizza Warriors. Cat? What's it called? With, uh, Dynasty, Warriors. Dynasty Warriors. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, Monster Hunter plus Dynasty Warriors. That's what these games are. Um, blah, 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 blah. It's a follow-up to the last one that came out, which was only on Vita, and had an announced version that came out later for PS4, as well as Vita, called Kiwami. That's the one we've got here. If you want to play the latest one out here, it's Token and Kiwami. Token and 2, not announced for the US yet? Yeah, not announced for not the US yet. yet. All right. But it could be an E3 announcement. Yeah. So a bunch of stuff came out this week for I Am Satsuna, as far as like trailers and stuff goes. Yeah, looks E3 trailer this week. It looks pretty. Um, it's a throwback RPG with combat inspired by Chrono Trigger, which usually was all you have to do is say that, and people are like, cool, um, where do I throw my money? And it's a classic RPG from modern times, is what the trailer says. And yeah. Yeah, I it, think this was the first trailer that had the E3 tag on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Or the E3 title. <laughs> and, I mean, it really just does look like... Um, it looks like a JRPG of, like, um, I would say PlayStation era or early PS2 era, where it's just like... Yeah. And, and then with current graphics, you know? Uh, but it looks like the style that they were making then, which is like, let's make a 16-bit era RPG with a 3D engine. And Yeah, yeah. that was the entire purpose of the... <laughs> of, of it when I they announced it, so. Yeah, so... That's yeah. What, yeah. And that looks like the game they've made. Hopefully it'll be good. Because <laughs> we don't get a lot of those anymore. It'd be a shame if the one we get isn't good. Um, we don't get any of those anymore, really. 
right. Well, that's Satsuna. People are excited for that, obviously, because we there's been a little bit of a dearth of the classic JRPG lately from um from non indie developers, which I guess nothing against indie developers. It's just yeah, want to see more of that stuff. Um, let's see, Badland Indie has released a release date for oh by the way i am satsuna is out in july 19th in the u.s for ps4 and pc and it'll be 40 dollars. all right badland indie has narrowed down the release date for anima projects anima gate of memories Woo! <laughs> that's an action rpg it's based on the anima beyond fantasy tabletop rpg it'll be out on june 3rd so that's like next week mm-hmm. yeah next friday uh for 20 bucks or 16 pounds or 20 euros pc ps4 xbox one uh ps4 will also be getting standard and limited ad- physical addictions 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 Editions. okay <laughs> um i don't know much else about this game i feel like i, I have should. the review code but i haven't started it yet okay well, well then we will get an update next week well well, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Weather permitting. Weather permitting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's I did true. See, yeah, I did see one review for it, which suggested it was pretty good. So, it seems to be quite heavily based on puzzles, etc. So, so while you will be trying that game out this week, everyone else can go and try out Odin Sphere Left Left Thras, the new Odin Sphere remake. Um, the PS4 demo is up. It's available for download now for free from the PS PlayStation Store in North America. There's a Vito demo coming out this next week. Um, and, uh, yeah, so you can try out the new game to see how the slowdown was affected and whether or not you want to oh, try playing um, again. So Mac did a, a little update for his pocket game site. Yeah. And he said that the Vita version has none of the slowdown. Oh, so this v- the Vita demo's out now? No. Oh. He has a review code. He has a review here. code. Okay. Cool. And there are, on the internet, you can see unboxing videos of the storybook editions of the game. And, uh, yeah, that is uh, that's a thing. Including a t-shirt that actually has a recipe that you can use in the game on it. Um, yeah, this is a game that would be better as an anime, I think, than... No, oh, whatever. doesn't matter. Um, let's see... Screenix put out videos and screenshots. Anna. Trailer. Yeah. Of uh, Star Ocean, Integrity, and Faithlessness. You can watch them. They're character intro videos. We got them up on the site now. Remember, Star Ocean, Integrity, and Faithlessness comes out June 28th in North America and July 1st in Europe. The Stupid Week. The Stupid Week? There's about seven big releases in that one week. Oh, Yeah. It's ridiculous. The amount of games coming out in June this year is nuts. Okay. Um, That was July 1st. I was having a real hard time thinking about what games are coming out in June, because the only one I could immediately think of that I was planning on getting was, um, or thinking of getting at some point in the future, was Mirror's Edge. Like, what else is there? Atelier Sophie. Do you guys want to have this conversation? Because I have links in my browser bar that I use for putting together the new release things. I can actually tell you the answer to those questions. Yeah, but that that doesn't have the end of end of June, which is where it gets stupid. No, I have the end of June. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, do you? Ah, yeah, I have it. 
on my screen. So uh, here, let, let me let me try and filter out June's RPG releases for you. Uh, that's easy. Let's see. That's easy. Okay. Um, um, pound Fire Emblem. No, 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 no. Um, oh wait, you were gonna tell me too. Okay. Yeah. So for me, it's Odin Sphere on Vita, mm-hmm. Atelier Sophia on Vita. Oh yeah, you pound got that one. Fire yep. Emblem. Um, on the Wii U, uh-huh. and then SMT four. No, SMT four got pushed. Nope, nope. All right. So lo- looking down, here's the Game Informer list. We've got Atelier Sophie, and I caught it. We've got Odin. Oh, Grand Kingdom. Um, do we have Grand Kingdom? Mm-hmm. Uh, yep, there it is. So let me get through. Um, Kirby doesn't count. Sorry, Noodle. Grand Kingdom. Tokyo Mirage Sessions, which you got. And Star Ocean Five, and uh, the Technomancer is that an RPG? Yeah. So that's one. Um, Zero Escape. Yeah, Zero Escape Three. Yeah, I was just about to say that, but that's not really an RPG. Are we covering that? Not as enough. So maybe in a <laughs> special way. I'm not seeing anything else on this list. Well, oh, wait, I got to check the other list because that list is not complete. None of the lists that I've found are ever complete. So hold on, let me... Now to the Wikipedia list for June, we've got... Uh, I think you're good for RPGs, at least. <laughs> uh, Sophie, Left Riser... Mario and Sonic at the Rio 2016 Olympic Games? I don't think that's no? an RPG. Steins Gate? No? Yeah, that's an RPG. Is it? Yeah. I thought it was a visual novel. Um... Yeah, it's not an RPG. Okay, my bad. <laughs> oh, here we go. God Eater Resurrection. Right. Yeah. Oh, it's also the new Sherlock Holmes game. That's not an RPG. It kind <laughs> of I is. Know, I, I oh, know, oh, cool. oh, 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 oh. In Asia, St- Super Robot Wars Original Generation The Moon Dwellers comes out. Oh, yeah, you're getting that, aren't you, yeah. Chris? Yeah, I pre-ordered uh, that. Uh, yeah. That's a Japanese one, not the... Yeah, that doesn't count. Nah, right. Yeah, Saints- the, the Asian... The Asian one for that one doesn't come out until something like August. The That's... Japanese one come the Japanese one comes out at the end of this month. And yes, I was planning on picking that up. The Steinsgate game I announced was also Asian, so I'm sorry that was confusing. Um, yeah, so th- those are those look to be the the RPGs for June. That's not so bad, is it? it seems like a very it's not like a bunch of crossover genres. Uh, it's more they put them either. Yeah, there's a batch at the very beginning of June and then a batch at the very end of June and then two weeks of nothing. Which is the Because it's E three. No. Oh, yeah. No, the two oh sense. two weeks in the center. <laughs> yeah, alright. That makes sense too. Yeah. See then over in July we've got I have thought E three was a thing. July we have uh, some good ones. We got Seventh Dragon, uh, Moon Hunters comes to console, Monster Hunter Generations comes out. You're looking forward to that, aren't you? I Am Satsuna comes out, The Banner Saga 2 hits Xbox One, um, and Sheeran the Wander hits Vita, Fairy Fencer F hits PS4, and yeah, that's, that's pretty good. No? Yeah. Batman Return to Arkham? What is that? Are they doing another one? I thought they weren't doing another one. Okay. But dollar signs. Hmm? But dollar, but dollar signs. signs. But uh, the Arkham one, I think, is a, is a uh, is the um, Unreal Engine 4 remake of the first game, isn't it? Oh, really? Yeah, okay. something like that. Return to Ark. It's a remaster. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 
They uh, it's uh, Arkham Asylum and Arkham City put together in a remaster. That makes sense. I guess. <laughs> All right, that's uh, that's not an RPG. So oh, Tokaden Two comes out in Asia in July. Does that count? No. All right. Wait, why not? I don't. I don't know. I'm just saying things. So that that's that. The, all right. Desert Owl Games has a story for us here. What are they? Uh, the uh, oh, the Winter's Curse game that Alex is playing. <laughs> Book four and five are now available to download. Um, the episodes are five bucks a piece, or it was eighteen bucks for the full set of five. And uh, yeah, we talked about that. Um, slow Cap. That's the name of this. Oh, Slow Clap. Excuse me. Slow Clap. It's a new studio. Um, formed by former Ubisoft developers that worked on Watch Dogs and the Ghost Recon series. Um, Devolver Digital is going to publish stuff for them, it looks like, and they've announced the first title, Absolver, an online melee-focused RPG planned for release on PC and PS4 and Xbox One next year, 2017. Um, Here's your story background. It has mass combatants called Prospects who have taken a vow to join the titular Elite Corps that aims to maintain the world's stability. Prospects are overseen by new rulers of the Adal Empire known as the Guides. Combat takes place in real time through a series of attacks, dodges, feints, and counters with both dungeon-based PvE and arena-based PvP. Players are able to learn and equip new combat styles and attacks as they progress in addition to finding new gear. So, that looks like an action RPG. Do we have a genre style on that? Oh, it's... um. Actually, the screenshots make it look like a fighting game, so I don't know how that's going to work out. Oh, there's a trailer. Trailer. Anna. Trailer. Wow, this is very fighting game inspired. And yeah, kung fu, man. There's kung fu going on here. So I'm I'm be interested to see how this works out. I like kung fu. Uh, Let's see. Nihon Falcom released the full trailer. Trailer. For the latest Ease title, Ease 8. It's a three-minute trailer. You can go watch it on the site. There's more details from the game from the trailer. Um, that game, Ease 8, Lacrimosa of Dana. Or Dana. It's coming out in Vita on July 21st. In Japan. And, oh, yeah. And PS4 version um, in early 2017. No Western announcement This has got to be an E3 announcement. Yeah, by who would do that? Exceed? Exceed. Yeah. They do all the yeah. Falcom stuff. Yeah. Does uh, Marvelous own Falcom? Is that why? No. They just do all the Falcom stuff. Right? No, XE does all the Falcom well, stuff. X, that's what I mean. That relationship existed prior to Marvelous. Well, Exceed is Marvelous. Yes, USA. Yeah. yeah. All right. But that that yeah. relationship existed prior Before to their that. acquisition oh, right. by Marvelous. Yeah. I think Falcom has basically said the re- main reason there's a PS4 version is because they want it to be localized. So. Is they and want the Vita it to be- won't be. Yeah. Is they want it to be what? Localized. Oh, localized. Yeah. Well, get, no one's yeah, going to just do a Vita-only game next year. <laughs> gotcha. I I'm, I'm, imagine the Vita will be completely dead by 2017, right? Really? I don't know. Uh, uh, it, no, I think it's... It's just... so hard to tell. It's going to be really dependent upon what Sony's going to allow. Right. Because, I mean, for years after the PSP was quote-unquote dead... There were still companies releasing games for it, including Xseed. Yeah, I mean, there's a ton of Japanese developers still making stuff for it, so... Yeah. 
I mean, Chemco still ports games to the PSP. Weird. Because they still sell. But they don't want them to do it here. Correct. Or do they do it here? No. We're finally done with the PSP here? Yes. <laughs> All right. Capcom has announced a date for the Japanese release of Monster Hunter Stories. This is the more traditional RPG. It's the one I thought was on the Wii. It's actually on the 3DS. Um, it is uh, coming out October 8th, 2016 in Japan. And they put out a trailer. Anna? Trailer. And you showed me other things that they released this week, including what looked like Amiibos? Yeah, Monster Hunter Amiibos. For um, Monster Hunter Stories. Yeah, Monster Hunter Amiibos. Which is great. And what I thought was weird is... Yeah, here it, we go. Monster Hunter Stories getting its own Amiibo figures. So there's a kitty, and then there are two different figures of people riding a dragon Yeah, one theme. is the male character, one is the female character, right. and they're dry, riding the Rathalos. Yes. Yeah. One-eyed Rathalos. Yeah. And what I don't know is whether or not you have... Uh, what, this game is not new 3DS only, is it? Um. No, I'm pretty sure it's standard. Okay. Yeah, I don't think so. Right, there's an adapter for the old 3DS for Amiibos, aren't there? Right. Yep. Um, the other thing that was sort of interesting was one of the slides that they showed. Um, it looks like they might imp- introduce another dozen Amiibos. What? For that game? Yeah. That's a lot of Amiibos for that game. Right. For one game. Yep. Unless it's and Smash I mean, Brothers. They're they're they look like prototypes. So hmm. they may not all make it. Oh yeah, and if you have a Monster Hunter Generation save on your three DS, you get a Denovaldo costume. Alright. And a one handed sword. So the that Raphalos you see there, you actually ride him around in the game. Oh, cool. You can ride them into combat, too, it seems. Oh, no. Actually, you know what? I might be wrong. Those um, monsters on that slide may be pre-order bonuses. Oh, okay. I want to play this game. Has it been announced for North America? No. No. And I think it's too early to announce it at E3. Really? Something that's coming out in October? Right, because Generations is coming soon. I'll just have to settle for playing, like, the best traditional Monster Hunter game. Final Fantasy Explorers? No. <laughs> Most definitely not Final Fantasy Explorers. Ugh. What a piece of crap that game is. <sighs> All right, anyway. Square Enix has <laughs> announced the, uh, the, the Minecraft version of Dragon Quest, Dragon Quest Builders. It's going to be uh, released in October 2016 in North America and Europe. And here's the crazy part. Yeah. PS4. Yeah. And Vita. PS4 and Vita. Physically and digitally and PS4, just digitally and Vita. Why is that crazy? Because I didn't think Square knew that the Vita still existed. Well, apparently they do. Yeah, there's two stories about it this week. Oh? Because not only are we getting Dragon Quest builders on the Vita, but uh, I'm going to steal a line from Shaman. Vita-chan says, Square Senpai noticed me. Oh. Because the guy, basically the guy in charge of Romancing Saga 2 said, they're working on the Vita version. Please be patient. Ooh. So if you don't want to play it on the iOS, then. Right. 
So, and it came out on iOS this week, and we actually had a stream of it for those who came and checked it out. If you didn't, you can check out our old streams at twitch.tv slash rpgamer, or you can check out our YouTube channel, rpgamerdotcom. And uh, the new Atelier game got announced after the announcement of the announcement. Of the you announcement. know, the, wait, 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 wait. The Vita thing for Romancing Saga 2 uh-huh. is not news. It is. When they announced it, they just announced iOS and Android. No, I'm looking at a story from March 22nd. Romancing Saga 2 not compatible with Vita TV. Um, yeah, they, in Japan. Japanese. Right, yeah. right. But that, guy, that producer is not... Okay. So it's... It's not it was, that the Vita it was iOS and noticed. Android and Vita in Japan. Right. So the it was Vita iOS and Android new. in North America, and that okay. was all they announced. Okay. So the fact that they're saying that they're ta- at least looking at localizing the Vita version is news. Okay. All right. Now, here's my question. Mm-hmm. Does the damn controller work with it or not? Uh, on the iOS version? Yeah. Yes. It does? Yes. Okay. There was someone on our forums that tested it out. Okay, oh. good. That was Kelly, I think. Mm, Was it? Oh, okay. Yeah, I think I'm pretty sure that's Kelly. Oh, okay. Hi, Kelly. We need to mark her. Thank you, Kelly. Yeah. Well, is she staff yet? Eh, Technically. Well, let's let's figure that stuff out. Yes. Well, she's technically signed stuff, I think. Yeah. Um. So Atelier, Atelier Ferris, Ferris. Yeah. uh, Sure. Ferris. Oh, it's likely it's likely based on Ferris, according to Gaijin. Kirishu. I don't know. It's uh, it's the it's a sequel to Sophie, right? No. Yes. 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 Yeah. So it's Ferris, the Alchemist of the Mysterious Journey. So there were there was like uh, four different magazines had four different pieces of information, and all of them were kind of scant. It takes place shortly after the ending of Sophie. Hmm. Which, you know, you need to finish Sophie. You need to get Sophie. Yep. Wait, what have you been playing? You haven't been playing Sophie. We'll watch someone else play Sophie, right? It's not out yet. Yeah. I, well, I, the PS... Never mind. Ten days. So so what did you learn that's exciting about Furious? Nothing. Okay. There's a new game coming. It's okay. going to be out next year. It's going to be just like all the other ones? Yeah, pretty much. Right. I mean, there'll be ghost. some difference. Yeah. Valkyria uh, Azure Revolution got some news because uh, apparently the demo came out in Japan and um, they they got, let's see, here's how they put it. Um, director Takeshi Ozawa revealed some info somewhere on some esuteru.com site in Japan. So here, here's the, the translated tidbits I have. Battle Demo version 1 got about three times the amount of player feedback as they they had expected. (laughs) Wow. There was plenty of harsh feedback. The battle system will get a big change from the demo version. You'll be able to see more detail on the official website, but it is more RPG-like now. The battle in the demo version was a lot more on the action side for an RPG, so you couldn't strategize too well while at playing. So a new action gauge has been added for allies and enemies. The system will make it so actions can be done while the gauge fills up. 
and you can optionally stop time while using weapons and abilities and because the game has Valkyria name in its title, Ozawa felt that a more strategic kind of battle would be in demand. That said, since you'll be fighting with a unit in order to properly use your allies, he's thinking of a way to customize their AI and also adding a way to add direct commands. That all the, sounds really good. The total number of party members has been changed from three to four. Field encounters have been removed, and the next demo is expected sometime this summer. So they're iterating on that with demos. That's interesting. Kind of like what 15 did. Yeah. Which had mixed success. Thank you, Silicon Era, for the translation there, or wherever they got it from. So, and sort of, there was sort of an interesting um, interview by the guy who does the Yakuza series, uh, Toshihiro Nagoshi. So he did an interview with uh, Famitsu to celebrate the the series' 10th anniversary. And so. Two of the things that they thought were really interesting is that about 20% of the Yakuza player base in Japan is female, which seemed to really surprise him. So, but they, he kind of wanted to reiterate that just because girls play it doesn't mean that they're going to make it any different, which I think is probably a good thing. Because if women are playing it the way it is now, we can kind of assume that's why they're playing it. Um, the other thing is, is um, so here's the quote. Um, so the question was, will you put in more effort for worldwide development? And he says, Yakuza was originally, game, was originally a game made for the adult male audience in Japan. And we've ignored the Western market and Asian market for that sake. But after seeing such results from Asia, perhaps we can sell worldwide. more worldwide is what comes to mind. No matter how fun a game may be, if there isn't a motive from players to purchase a game, then it won't sell. Asian players most likely purchase Yakuza for a different motive than Japanese players. If we can properly analyze these motives, I believe we'll be able to see success in foreign markets. To which my answer is kind of, there is a fair amount of people who just want it. The way it is. And Mm -hmm. so I kind of feel like I'm kind of worried the point went over his head a little. Well, that's translations for you, back and forth. Right. That's what happens. But I am sort of in cautiously optimistic that they're looking at the rest of the world and going, hey, it actually does sell here, assuming that Yakuza 5 Of course well. he knows where his game is selling. Right. I mean, th- that shouldn't even be questioned. <laughs> The thing is, is, and I mean, this is the this is something that Chris and I have discussed privately is the perception of how a game has sold mm-hmm. versus the reality of how a game has sold mm-hmm. can be very, very different. Yep. Yep. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> we were talking about a game that people think sold well and didn't. Is the long and short of it. Uh, let's see here. It's time for our new releases, right? Yay! What's coming? Well, I'm just finishing up formatting the list here to try and say this coherently. <laughs> um, oh, this got so, a little messy, didn't it? Well, it's my own fault. I'm just trying to see. And then these three go to consoles. And the X, okay. So, first up, I'll delete that. Boom, good. 
So first, live Excel is the thing. What? Yeah, live Excel. Live, well, live I, yeah, yeah. I should probably not be giving commentary on it. Delete this and move this cell here. Now create this pivot table. <laughs> Sounds like the. You remember when your dad was doing his homework while they were there, and that's actually how they were walking him through it. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. what you sounded like. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so first up on PS4, you know, the system that, um, well, previously had, oh, you know what we didn't talk about? Xbox 1.75. Are we really going to give credence to this rumor? Did we talk about Is this PS4 a rumor at this point? I don't think it's a rumor at this point. It's about as much as a rumor as the PS4.5 so, is. is. No, so the PS4 Neo thing, which is all but confirmed... Um, now has company in the Xbox One's version of we're going to make a more powerful one, even after telling you very recently that we're not going to. Um, and apparently the Xbox One's more powerful Xbox One will be even more powerful than PS4's more powerful PS4. So we have dubbed them the PS4.5 and the Xbox One 0.75. Yes, because 0.75 is higher than 0.5. <laughs> But it's a quite Xbox too. And they're also saying the the Rift would be would work with the Xbox One. What? Yeah. Where is this coming from? Because this can't be any official sources. Um, well, we've seen that Microsoft's partnering with the Rift. Remember, they've got they Xbox One controllers in the box. Oh, duh. I'm sorry, I spaced on that. You're right. Yep. 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 Um, it all. This report also indicates. Um, wow. Okay, they're calling it Scorpio. So PS4 is going with Matrix code names, and Xbox One's going with Mortal Kombat code names, or possibly astrological signs. I'm not sure. I hope it's Mortal Kombat characters. Um, Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Sonya, Liu Kang. All right. So the, the indicates that uh, Microsoft's going to put out regular incremental upgrades similar to Apple's iPhone and iPad release schedule, which. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't that sound like crap, though? I don't know what's going on, because Phil Spencer's like, yeah, that's what we want to do. And then he's like, no, I don't want to do that. I want it to be a big jump. And now it's like, yeah, that's what we want to do. Um, <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Uh, and at the same time, later this year. So next year, we'd get the bigger, we'd get Xbox 1.75. And then this year, you'd get Xbox um, Point One, which is a slimmed down version of the Xbox One. And I made up that name, too. Um whatever so that that's that's out there all right so ps4 this is ps4.0 no 0.75 first off we have the archive arcade archives formation armed f dead island definitive collection one piece burning blood daydreamer awakened edition neon chrome score rush extended shadow blade reload there came an echo the witcher 3 blood and wine kick and fennec hitman marrakesh Assetto Corso, and Hard Reset Redux. On the Wii U, we've got Duo Core, Dual Core. Dragon Fantasy came out, the Black Tome of Ice, on the eShop, $10. Futuridium EP Deluxe. Rin's Adventure, Trouble in the Enchanted Forest. Star Tropics and Zoda's Revenge hit the eShop, uh, Virtual Console. Kick and Fennec, also coming to Wii U. Wait. Yeah? Star Tropics, Star Tropics 2. Yeah. Zoda's Revenge. Oh. You called it Star Tropic. Because it's Zoda's Revenge, Star Tropics 2. Oh, okay. Yeah. But you also Star- said Star Tropics, singular. Yeah, so? It's Star Tropics, plural. That's one game, though. It's not. 
It's Star- not! <laughs> well, the first one is Star Tropic. The second one is Star Tropics. Because um, th- at that point, there's more than one game. No, I'm pretty sure they're both Star Tropics, Chris. <laughs> Maybe I'm making all this up. Xbox- you do this just to annoy me! <laughs> this is accurate. Xbox One gets Dead Island Definitive Collection, One Piece Burning Blood, The Witcher 3 Blood and Wine, Kick and Fennec, Daydreamer Awakened Edition, Elite Dangerous Horizons. That's the expansion to Elite Dangerous. I wonder how the pricing is going to work on the Xbox One. If it will be a full repurchase, kind of like it was on PC. Um, Hitman Marrakesh. Well, I guess it was just a $30 season on PC for... Yeah, anyway. Um, Hard Reset Redux is the last one for Xbox One this week. 3DS is, um, got Coveny, Coveny Dream. C-O... Conveny? Conveny Dream. That's what... It got Dragon Fantasy, of course. Epic Word Search Collection 2. And Infinite Dun- Infinite Dynamis. Not Dynamis. But Dunanimous or something. Dunanana. PS Vita got One Piece Burning Blood. Poor Vita. But it's going to get some more love coming up here soon, as it's we've seen. a bunch of love. Yep. Over on the PC, here's a bunch of random titles. Uh, Aurora Knights, Bomber Zone, Box Containment, Concrete and Steel, Dead Island Definitive Collection, Dragon Fantasy of Black Tome of Ice, Dual Core, Dungeon Escape, Forgotten Tales, Day of the Dead, Gamma Brothers... Grian, G-H-R-I-A-N, Grian, uh, Groovy, Hyper Bounce Blast, Infection, Humanity's Last Gasp, Magma Tsunami, Omnibus. Hey, that's the one with the Collector's Edition. Which one? $75,000 Collector's Edition. Which one? The Omnibus? Omnibus Comes with a real bus? Yeah. Oh, great. (laughs) I hope they only made one of those. Yes. (laughs) It was the bus that they used to shoot the footage. Oh, perfect. (laughs) Did someone buy it? I have no idea, but I mean, part of it was that they had to go pick it up if they did buy it. Okay. One Piece Burning Blood, Power and Revolution, Robot Arena 3, Resetti's Prescription, or Reset's Prescription, Book of Memory, Swain Scale, uh, Sierra Limb 2, Subterranean, Sunken, The Incredible Baron, Twinkle Star Sprites, which, if that's what I think, is that a schmuck? Chris is going to go see what Twinkle Star Sprites is right now during the show. Wanders of Tiandria, Warrior's Wrath, The Elder Scrolls Online, Dark Brotherhood, Ooh, The Witcher 3, Blood and Wine, Might and Magic Hero... Uh, no, that's... Yeah, no, that's this week. Might and Magic Heroes 7, Trial by Fire, comes out on the 2nd. Uh, Hitman, Marrakesh, and Hard Reset Redux. I know why I've seen Twinkle Star Sprites. It was a Neo Geo game, and it is... It's a competitive 2D top-down vertical scrolling shooter. So it's like you're playing Tetris with pe- two people on the screen, but instead of you know making blocks and completing lines, you're shooting stuff. And somehow the way you do that makes things affect your opponent. So whatever. All right. Twinkle Star Sprites. Whew. All right. So is that it? Yes. That's it. I read them all. Let's let it be it. All right. So thank you, everybody, for joining us. If you'd like to leave us feedback for the show, we've got three ways to do it. Podcast.rpgamer.com is the email address. 608-729-4098 is the phone number. 608-729-4098. And, of course, forums.rpgamer.com is the website where you can go and post forum posts about how... Not forum composts. Yeah, you can post forum composts. Just put whatever crap you want in there, and then it will grow into a beautiful forum post. <laughs> no? I don't think that's quite that's how That's not it works. how it works. Yeah, we have mods, so you can't do that. 
forums at rpgamer.com. You can find the show thread post in there. Um, review us on iTunes. It helps us out a lot. Uh, subscribe to the show. It's free. It's just downloads it automatically onto your iPod or your... Nobody uses iPods anymore. Onto your phone. Uh, you'd be surprised. No, I right. use an iPod. Oh, okay. All right. So put this on your Zoom. And, uh, and I need to, I need an, I need someone to, we need a new show logo. Dear listeners, we need a new show logo and it needs to be 3000 pixels by 3000 pixels. Because, I think Noodle's listening. Okay. Cause that is the new format for, um, podcast logos on iOS and the Google play store. And I need one of that size before I can get us up on the Google play store. And I've been meaning to crowdsource this. Listeners, if you'd like to make a new logo for the show, we have this awesome... Um, did Cactar Joe do this artwork? I really don't remember. I don't, uh, it's been so long, but I think that was him. And anyway, thank you for who did it. And I love the prison striped shirt for the for the dragon, but uh, it's, we need a bigger version of the logo. Which is probably funny. If we could track down who did it, we can probably just get him to export it at a higher resolution. But I'm thinking it might be time for a new logo. It's been a while, hasn't it? Yes. No, whatever. It's been years. It's been years? Yeah. yeah. We're getting new music. Yes, we are getting new music, but we should just surprise people with that. Yes. Yeah. All right. Shh, don't tell anybody. It's a secret. Yeah, it's a secret to everybody. Um, so with that, um, if you're in the chat room, leave us some title suggestions, and Anna and I are going to go eat brats at the World's Largest Brat Force Festival. Or run away to the World's Largest Water Parks. Yeah, either way. We're, we're going to have a good time. Okay. Thanks, everybody. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye now. Bye.